All right, Leadheads, I want to give you a quick little show note. Um, the audio at the beginning of this uh, is a little sketchy, uh, but we cleared it up later on, I think after the first 12 minutes or so. Uh, but this is a long interview, but it's a good interview with the guys at Strike Industries, so hang in there. I apologize for missing last week's uh, show post, but we ran into some technical difficulties with uh, Google Hangouts. The interview that we had with Jason Redman, which I've been looking forward to for a long time, uh, we had a great interview with him. It was uh, over an hour and a half, and uh, the audio just disappeared from the Google Hangouts. So uh, I've been working you know, all last week trying to get that recovered, but they just couldn't do it. It's a shame, but it was a great interview. But fortunately, uh, Jason has agreed to redo the interview with us, so we're going to have him back on in an upcoming episode. If you guys uh, are into racing, Jason uh, won the honor to name the Brickyard 400 this year, the Crown Royal Presents, and uh, he named it after his charitable organization, the Combat Wounded Coalition. So it was the Crown Royal Presents Combat Wounded Coalition 400 at the Brickyard. He was the Grand Marshal. Uh, he got to um, um, address the crowd. He was there, for I think, before the, the Kid Rock uh, concert, uh, but he gave a great opening speech there. And uh, there's things posted on uh, Facebook, so you guys make sure you check those out. Um, but Jason Redman, he's the uh, Navy SEAL who was wounded in combat, wrote the book uh, The Trident, and he started Wounded Wear, uh, and now he's got the Combat Wounded Coalition as well. So uh, look forward to that interview again with Jason, and uh, apologize to you guys, but uh, you know sometimes things happen beyond our control. But we more than made up for it this week. So enjoy the show, Leadheads. And don't forget to enter the giveaway. Go to Talking Lead's website under the giveaway tab. And uh, we talk about that in this episode, too. If you've not heard about it yet, you got till the end of the month. So hurry up, go to our website, get entered in to win all those uh, awesome prizes. Yep. So my name is Garrett Keller, CEO of Strike Industries. Uh, you know, we started back in 2011. I've uh, been going strong ever since. Uh, my background is uh, prior Navy helicopter combat search and rescue, AW. Uh, we got Chris, our product specialist here. Uh, prior Marine, you know, 
I have nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave him a ride, didn't you? <laughs> now what's Marine? Always Marine. He's still a Marine. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, Strike Industries, like you said, you guys started out about 2011. And uh, everybody's very familiar with Strike Industries. I know everybody in this room is. I know a lot of the lead heads are. Uh, I currently use several of your products. And uh, we're excited to hear about what all you, you guys got coming up down the pike as well. So if you would, just uh, Garrett, give us a little bit of history behind your company, how you guys got started. A little bit of history. You know, um, all great things have small beginnings. And we started off small, just like we should have. And we, we still think that we're, you know, still in the beginning stages of our true potential. We started off, believe it or not, in the 1911 realm, starting off with our torque screws and, and uh, grips. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we've come a long way. Um, you know, we're coming up to our true goal, and that's, that's you know, AR components, everything from muzzle to buttstock, and everything in between, and then some. So we are just constantly and never-ending creating new products bringing something new to every part that we produce. Uh, so it's just not the same boring routine part. Uh, not just replacement parts, it's something new. Yeah, so our lines started off, you know, traditional bump rifles. Um, we wanted to spice it up. People showed so much interest in our first introduction of the red line, you know, we started off with the red line charging handle. That thing took off beyond our expectations. So we decided to expand it to other parts. And what it turned out being was part of what we would call like our performance series line. Um, these right. things are all of our aluminum parts so we can anodize them, uh, give them that more quality look, that feel. Um, what we were able to do is, you know, one thing that people should know is that when you color anodize, it's not a true type three hard hard coat anodize. It's going to be a type two anodize. It's a bit you know easier to, to scratch and less uh, robust. Robust, I would say, but it does bring that unique characteristic to your rifle, so or firearm, whatever it may be. So we we've uh, expanded it to the Glock parts as well uh, with our Glock's uh, back plates or side plates. And we'll we'll keep going forward with new parts. Cool. So you were showing us some things there. Uh, of course, our, our listeners aren't going to be able to see that. Describe what you were holding up there, Chris. So uh, this is just a brand new version of our Megafin XL that we have back from Anodize, and we just got the final colorway figured out. Um, another note about Anodize, particularly color type two Anodizing, it's never a hundred percent reliable. Right, so from batch to batch, every batch is going to be a little bit of variation. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought about going the. Can I say other manufacturer's name over the air? Or, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, so for instance, uh, Geisley. Everybody knows Geisley. They're a heavy hitter in this industry. Uh, they make some fantastic rail systems, real heavy-duty, uh, military, you know, combat-ready systems. When they anodize in flat dark earth, they call it their desert. Uh, you know, desert camouflage or desert dirt pattern, whatever, they will they will tell you right off the bat that you can't be consistent with it. And I may have the, the nomenclature wrong there, but every batch, every every Geisley component, if you get it in that colorway, it, it will look different. 
we've gone to some pretty extraordinary lengths with our anodizing to make sure that we can get it closer than our competitors can. We've done a lot to to make sure that we can bring the margin of error way down in our components. So our red line, for instance, uh, in Strike Industries Red, for those of you that uh, can't see this, they're going to be much more consistent than than most of our competitors, and we take a lot of pride in that. That doesn't mean there's going to be no variation, but uh, it is something of note. Mm -hmm. Now, what I have in my hand is the Megafin XL 15-inch in our Redline colorway with the built-in flip-up front sight. And explain what that is to the listeners. This was one of the industry's first suppressor-ready handguards, meaning it was designed from the get-go to fit and work with a majority of the uh, 223 caliber or 224 caliber suppressors on the market. So this guy has a 1.52 inch nominal interior diameter, and that will fit a majority of the 223 suppressors out there. Okay. Uh, not only that, but the fins on the inside, I don't know where the camera is. I don't know where to point it, but somewhere. Yeah, you uh, have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there are fins inside, hence the, the name Megafin XL. And those are designed for, uh, enhanced cooling uh, of the barrel nut because we figured people who are running suppressors are going to run a hotter gun in general, right? right? So this thing came out three years ago, oh, was two years ago, two, a little over two years ago. Um, one of the first purpose purpose built suppressor ready lines anywhere out there, and we're just now getting around to uh, bringing all of our colorways to the Megafin XL family. Uh, Chris, so that our uh, listeners can go ahead and look at this while they're while they're listening to all this. Uh, what is your website so that they can check that out? Strikeindustries.com. Excellent. And you said that was the Megafin. Megafin XL. Excellent. I'm really digging the the built-in sights on those, man. Yeah. They're they're very minimal. Um, what kind of tolerances do you have on those? As far as uh, as far as machining tolerances? Well, not machining, but. Uh, I mean, they look like they would be a little dainty and frail. <laughs> On the contrary. <laughs> yeah, right, and that's what I wanted to get to, yeah. It's, it's a pretty heavy-duty system, uh, and heavy being the key word there. Uh, this guy in the 15-inch is going to be right around uh, 16 ounces. So it's a, it's yeah. a heavy-duty system, barrel nut and mounting hardware included. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the sights that flip up. Oh, <laughs> I'm... I'm my apologies, I misunderstood. So the site, the sites on our Megafin rails, you know, if, if you were to compare these to any other flip-up integrated rails uh, out there, um, I would have to say that these are, I wish the, the, the followers could see. Um, they They're going to go to your website. They're going to yep. see them. Yeah. We need to do some this, this, is a, this is a backup to your backup, right? So <laughs> this is for those of you lazy bastards who uh, want to uh, bring down the the ounces on your weapons because you believe uh, a tenth of an ounce is somehow going to add up to a pound somewhere. Those that believe that they are going to be uh, rucking or humping their rifle 25 uh, clicks in an afternoon, yeah, uh, this is for that crowd. It folds down flat so you can still use that Picatinny real, real estate or rail estate. Rail estate. <laughs> yeah. Right? But it is an option. It is an option for you. And as far as robustness, durability, uh, mm -hmm. they were not designed to be drop directly on the site they will fold down it is a last ditch option it is for some somebody who wants uh you know a 50 meter and in iron site that's lightweight and out of the way
So, okay. all right, guys. So we had uh, some technical difficulties there, not uncommon to talk in lead, and uh, <laughs> we found a better way to connect with Chris. So we are connected with Chris now. I think we lost Garrett, unfortunately, um, but maybe he might join us again. He could, maybe he could call in uh, as well. But uh, Chris, you were talking yeah. about you were talking about your uh, your new handrails that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And um, you were getting into the the tolerances, you know, the the weight, the the strength, and all that. Uh, I was concerned, not really concerned, but I really like the flip up sights that you guys have on those. I think it's ingenious. I mean, you're using the like you said, real estate to its maximum. So you're actually putting something that's useful on there. But the way you described it was, those are actually intended to be the backups to your backups, right? Yeah, if if you're uh, if you're using your 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 weapon system for uh, serious duty use, uh, up to and including law enforcement, military, maybe even uh, you know some more some of the more uh, intense three gun competitions like Iron Man out there, uh, three gun nation type stuff, you're going to want to be running a more robust uh, purpose driven uh, type of backup iron sight system or primary iron sight system. But for those who want to pump a bunch of money into a, a big heavy optic and want to save weight everywhere else, or uh, those that just want the most minimalistic of builds, that's what our iron uh, system is for. And the reason I said uh, zero to 50 irons uh, previously has nothing to do with the, the uh, kind of minute nature uh, or minuscule nature of the sites themselves. Right. Rather, it's, it's how you adjust the zero. It's kind of a pain in the ass because you've got to take a small jeweler's uh, screwdriver, uh, a small flathead, and unlock that little bastard, move it to whatever position you need it to be in for your given distance, and lock it back down. It's not the most convenient for zeroing, uh, especially doing a battle site zero, uh, battle site zero where you've got to potentially be uh, readjusting that. Right. Um, so it, it, because of the inconvenience factor, it's best just to set it at whatever your uh your engagement distance uh um preferred engagement distance is going to be right um, particularly if you're going to be using a magnified optic okay uh, but it is there and it does have the capability to be zeroed at any distance that's just whether or not you want it to, to do it that way right. and if you're not willing to go to the links to fine-tune that zeroing then it really is only going to be useful inside you know 50 maybe 75 yards right okay very good <clears throat> So another question that I had, I don't think you heard me, was uh, you guys are currently rocking the red and the blue color schemes, and you got a gray one also. Do you yep. have do you have plans for any more color schemes uh, coming down the pike? Right now, um, as as for the next the, the next um, three quarters, four quarters or so, not really. We're going to be focused on bringing the red, blue, and gray to all of our anodized products. Gotcha. Uh, and that's that's a, a work in and of itself because we like to outsource work as little as possible. Mm. And that means that we're a little bit more limited when it comes to using our own production resources. Gotcha. Um, part of the problem, uh, fast forwarding to uh, um, to the to the area, the part of the conversation where we talk about myths in the gun industry and particularly pertaining to ourselves. No, don't um, go there yet. We, <laughs> 
<laughs> don't don't go to the facts to fight the myth. It's not time for that. We ain't done the jack wagon yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. As I was in, I'll, I'll hold off on that little factoid. Okay, coming uh, up, coming up. Yeah. All righty. So um, the way it stands right now, you don't have necessarily the blue like the red color scheme. You've got the uh, you've got the um, buttstock tube. You know the buffer tube. You've got the switches. You've got the charging handle. You've got the handguard rail, um, all in red, right? All available in red. We've got everything, and everything is in red so far, red and black. And, and, that's, uh, and that's just we are right working to to bring blue and gray to all of those components. We've right. got a few here and there that okay. are blue or gray. I'm loving the blue, mm-hmm. by the way. I love the blue color mm-hmm. scheme, and the next one I build, I want to use that uh, blue color scheme in with it. Fantastic. It's, yeah, uh, it's very cool. The one they had on display at NRA was uh, was definitely hot. <laughs> I mean, that thing was uh, the the blue rifle that they had on display at oh, NRA. Okay. Yeah, that that one was really really nice. I missed that one. Now, as far as the the Glocks go, what kind of uh, components are you guys doing for the Glocks? Uh, we already have the slide plates out, all right, and uh, we're working on the baby versions for the forty two and forty three, as well as for the M and P family. Oh, wow. Um, but we are working on an entirely new site, uh, adjustable site system for the Glock family. Uh, r- rather, I should say modular site system for the Glock family, um, where the uh, the front site post is going to be interchangeable with a bunch of included options, and it's going to give you a, t- a ton more uh, decisions to make, if yeah, you will. More uh, choices. Regarding yeah. how you point your weapon downrange. Oh, wow. And uh, as is our you know, kind of our style. We like to give you way more options than you really think you uh, need uh, just because why not? Yeah. And uh, so we're working on sites. We're working on a flat face trigger, uh, both as a, as a trigger shoe replacement and as a complete trigger pack. And uh, my pride and joy, I'm uh, personally working on uh, our first ever line of Glock slides. And those will be, those will be, the first ever integrated yeah. compensated slides for for uh, competition Glocks, Shut and up, they will also be money. fifty state legal. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Sold. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's gonna be so, great. What, do you have a uh, you got a target deadline for those? Not yet. I was actually uh, working on the SolidWorks for one of the slides uh, just before this conversation. Uh, only been working on it for a few weeks now, so. We're a long time out with that. We should have, or are planning to have, some sort of prototype uh, for Shot Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't plan to have anything, uh, you know, out on the market until probably end of spring, um, maybe sometime early summer next year. Next year, okay. Yeah, save your. That's one of those long, way off uh, projects, and we want to make it. You know, it's it's got to be worth the wait. Yeah. Um, we're just as excited as anybody, if not more so, and and we want to do it right the first time out the gate. So yeah, now, uh, there are a lot of bugs to work out, a lot of a lot of really crazy measurements to do. I don't know if you, if y'all have ever tried measuring the inside of a Glock slide, but it is uh, <laughs> not had the need. <sighs> it's <No>. something else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's we'll an exercise for your kid if they're uh, if they're out of you know misbehaving, make them measure the inside of a Glock slide for <laughs> five hours. Yeah, we'd leave that up to the professionals. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I mean, Strike Industries, you guys are, are into a whole lot of different, uh, not just the ARs and the Glocks, but you're in the 1911s, you're into the AKs, you're into mm-hmm. the HKs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys? Oh, that's yeah, that brings on... it to. Uh, we also have a a new four seventeen rail in the works. Okay. Uh, for those of your, you know, the five or so listeners you have that uh, have four seventeens. Well, that's that's our whole that's our whole listenership right there. So you hit all five <laughs> of them. Yeah, you hit all five of them right there. <laughs> well, you got a very wealthy listenership then. I, I, yes. Uh, yes. That's they all, they a, and half own, of them are in this room right here. So. Yeah. Very privileged. Yeah, we all own Barrett Rex Sevens too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we do have we have more HK stuff uh, coming. Um, obviously, with HK in particular, there are a lot of patent issues to work around. Right. Um, which is kind of a an issue when you only have a dozen or so people in your company. But, a, little, a little delicate, right? Yeah, we're working towards it. Um, we're doing best not to get sued over our own designs. You know, <laughs> the kind of don't want to get kind a cease of, uh, and desist letter. Small business uh, drama that you run into here in this country. Right. So, um, for our listeners, where are you guys based out of? Orange County, California, unfortunately. California. You guys fighting yeah. a good fight for us out there. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're in the heart of the, uh, I mean, we're, we're definitely deep behind enemy lines. Yeah, no doubt, man. So how's the uh, the new gunpocalypse thing uh, affecting you guys with all the new rulings coming up? Oh, you know, you know we, co- we contemplated uh, company mass suicide, but uh, <laughs> we, figured, we figured it probably best to, uh, at least for for those uh, brave Californians who have, uh, you know, decided to stay in the state uh, and and still love their gun rights, we we've decided to stay here for their benefits. Uh, right on, man. Right on. Time we, being, we gotta have people that that you know stay there, stay strong, and fight the fight, man. Stay as long exactly. as you everybody can. can't abandon it. It's just you know it's gonna be a complete waste. So. Well, stay as long as yeah, you can, exactly. and when you can't anymore, head out this way. <laughs> we'll keep your seat warm. Well, you can always expand <laughs> yeah. out here. You know, you don't have to leave California. You can just expand out here and you know grow your yeah, yeah. Grow your support. That's true. You know, uh, I uh, I was offered an unbelievable amount of uh, couch space uh, at the NRA <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> I could not believe how many people were like, "Hey, man, you can live, move into my living room. Yeah. I got room for you. No doubt. My twelve kids, they won't mind. They can move over." <laughs> If you don't mind a great Dane, we got a couch for you here too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll kick the possum out of the trailer for you. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, speaking of California, I think I hear the jack wagon train rolling in. Good. Oh, yeah. Bring that train in, buddy. Hoorah, simplified, do or die, hold them high at 8th and 9th. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So, brace yourself, baby. Uh,. So well, uh, right now, right now, my, I got my sights set on uh, on Hillary, on the big H dog. <laughs> the big H but, dog, uh, huh? The big H dog, yeah. So, uh, what is there anything in particular that she's done this time that you want to uh, solidify yeah, her seat? No, on the just Jack just train? generally her uh, shenanigans and uh, you know those of her husband and and the Clinton Foundation and all of the rules that they just love to bend and get around and. Uh, yeah. And break and you know. Well, I think the hammer's getting ready to. Bring uh, it up. I think the hammer's getting ready to come down on them. I hope. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this last night. Our good buddies from Frontier Tactical uh, were in last night. Um, they were on their way to Montana and they stopped in to visit with us. And we were having a conversation about this. Nate and uh, Kim. You know, we were just we were kind of analyzing the FBI Comey's statement that he made. You know, when he <laughs> yeah. got in front of the nation and. You know, he was just basically just spilling out every reason why she should be freaking indicted, but he wasn't going to bring charges. 
Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were, we were kind of like, give him maybe the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, he's like, Hey, my hands are tied, but here's all your ammo that you need to go after this witch. Mm-hmm. One can look at it that way. Um, you, what you got to realize is the FBI has one politically appointed position, but the uh, Department of Justice has probably over 200. Right. And so they really are the ones putting on the pressure, the political pressure. And when it comes to the political arena, um, Hillary and her and her uh, her family have probably some of the biggest uh, footprints in the world right now. And no doubt. Uh, in the in the judicial side, on the on the uh, judicial side, as far as the FBI is concerned, they're really still an extension of the executive branch, right? Yeah. And the executive branch is what a political branch. Mm-hmm. So uh, political pressure, they are more susceptible to political pressure, and and the the uh, checks and balances, baby. It's it's hard to do that um, when you have an administration come in and change out the leadership of every federal agency and organization. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to point fingers at the Obama administration for things that uh, H-Dog has done, but they've <laughs> definitely made it easier for her to get away with things. Uh, and, and obviously her, her husband kind of set the tone for that with his presidency. And, and it's a whole political nightmare and mess. Yeah. Um, well, they've got a lot but, of things that if they start investigating that they're going to have to answer for, you know, with their, uh, their fake um, Well, see, that's the thing and, is Hillary's one of the best uh, escape artists in history. And, and she... She really has been quite clever uh, in, in how she's dealt with people in the past. Because I'm sure she's got dirt on a lot of people no doubt. in very high places. you know. No and because she has dirt on them, they're not going to want to expose her dirt. They're going to want to turn a blind eye. And that's I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. You know, hopefully, the, uh, like he said, the judicial system will kick in and they'll hold her feet to the fire. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. I'm not holding my breath. I'm, I'm curious to see how the American public is going to respond to... Uh, whatever comes down the line. Well, that's what it ultimately you know. comes down to is the American public and how loud they get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care how much at, dirt at, she's at got some on point, at, at some point, it is our duty uh, to make their voices heard. But, uh, you know, this isn't the 1700s. You know, times have changed. People's minds have changed. People's willpower has changed. And, uh, you know, yeah. what we consider a man now, I think... Uh, May not have been different. So. De- yeah, definition. Well, just our found, founding Father's Day. Like the uh, like the old saying, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Uh, yep. Edmund Burke had said that, and uh, you know that's that's very very uh, poignant right now, and especially in today's political that's environment with everything, because yeah. you know you got a lot of people that sit there and say, "Oh, I'm not voting," or uh, "I don't like the candidates." Uh, well. It comes down to this is this is the candidates that you have. Uh, I mean, just because your guy didn't get in in the uh, in the primaries doesn't mean that you necessarily just sit out just and roll say, I'm over. not going to play ball anymore. Yeah. Uh, you have a right that majority of uh, people in the world do not have. Um, so, you know, when people sit there and say, oh, I'm not going to vote, yes, that's your right to do so. But understand the, the amount of people that died to give you that right to begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the ironic uh, parts about our voting system is that uh, if you look at some of the more liberalized countries like Australia, mm-hmm. um, they are forced to vote. It's a hundred percent voting rate. Yep. And then you come here, and you've got you've got a, a, a country and a way of life that was established by people who are were so enamored by the ability to vote, by the right to vote, to make a decision uh, regarding the future of 
you know, one's own country that they were willing to die for it. They were willing to kill for it. They were willing for their sons to die for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of sad to see that uh, a nation with such great stock and upbringing has kind of devolved into this um, puddle of soup, if you will. Yeah. That, well, uh, it, you know, it's, it's divisive, you know. Our, our country is more and more becoming divided. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to get into our next jack wagon, which uh, Alex and Josh have. Well, guys, who do you have for the jack wagon train? Well, the first one I have is uh, is Twitter. Uh, Twitter, for, yeah. yeah. For uh, I don't think we've had Twitter on here yet, so it'll yeah. be a first for Twitter. Yeah, they're really sucking hind tits. Of course, Instagram <laughs> and Facebook have made it. Yeah. Well, Twitter, uh, his uh, Twitter, Dell Twitter. Uh, Twitter is banned. Uh, oh, Milo, the uh, Breitbart editor. Right. I, I can't pronounce his last name. It's very foreign. Oh, that was that uh, gay for Trump. Uh, yes, 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 oh, yes. Oh, the fellow. Yes, yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, self proclaimed dangerous faggot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way the guy states it, guys. <laughs> yes, so don't I, get mad. No, just, I mean he's he is. On, everybody knows that we're not uh, homophobic here on the no. show. No, you know? uh, he that was that's his world tour. Um, yeah, and he's been uh, shouted down and uh, banned at, from at, speaking at multiple uh, colleges. Colleges and, that are supposed to be so inclusive and uh, open minded. Yeah, so, first right or first amendment supportive and right. Well, well, yeah, it's, yeah. It, what and it, it really has nothing to do with the fact that he's gay. No, I it mean, just has to do with look his at Breck Industries. Our CEO was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right on. We have nothing against gays, Garrett. He's he can't Ouch. defend himself. Oh. <laughs> uh, if he were in That's the room, what he, he gets for leaving early. Look. <laughs> yeah, so you you have a uh, you have a social media outlet that that in reality should be an outlet to for for one to express their their uh, their First Amendment you know to to use their First Amendment right. Well, now what it's turned into is. Um, Basically, that's what Twitter is. It's all about speech. It's all about people communicating, you know, back and forth to one another. Right. Right. And, and then, well, you do have to realize one thing, and I hate to play the devil's advocate on this, but Twitter is a privately established. No, business, we understand right? that. We understand yeah, that. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, so, it's, it was set up to for people to express themselves and to say, you know, speak their mind. So, so well, much unfortunately, much like anything that comes out of the left and anyone that comes out of anyone who leans to the left, mm-hmm. uh, generally there are some skewed rules and oh, you've yeah. got to understand yeah. those rules. And right now what we're seeing is the, uh, it's only fair if I do it rule, right. which is, you know, one of the, one of the big, uh, heavy hitters in the Democrats, uh, playbook. Uh, so anybody who's got you know, any kind of influence, if they're not speaking what Twitter wants them to speak, they're going to shut them yeah. down. And same yeah. thing with Instagram. Yeah. And, and we've seen this Facebook. from Facebook as well. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it from all the big uh, social media outlets at different mm-hmm. times. It, it just so happens that all of them are owned by incredibly liberal individuals. Right. Yeah. And but um, when these when these organizations allow things like uh, to promote uh, the cop hate thing that was going that's been going on, and uh, you know they've got they've got horrible, horrible, disgusting pictures of uh, people murdering police officers and, uh, and drawings and things like that. And they're defending it saying, well, that's just art. And they're, they're using that as the excuse of, well, that's just art. Yeah. Okay. But this man goes off and, and says something about a comedian 
uh, that they didn't like, but is also happening to be speaking at the RNC convention uh, for the group Gays for Trump. And uh, suddenly he's completely banned from the uh, from Twitter altogether. Of course, yeah. No. It's a problem. It's a, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but it it really is a problem uh, endemic to liberalism because mm-hmm. you have to you have to look at the the base human uh, instincts and and thought process behind what creates liberalism. Mm-hmm. It's all about me, not you. Mm-hmm. Right? Liberalism is me having control, but not you, mm-hmm. because I know better for you. I know better for me. I know better. I know better for you and everyone else. Right. It's it's kind of an arrogant view, uh, worldview. It is in that people really are not equal. Liberalism is all about the the belief in oneself uh, as as being something special and something other than what everyone else is. On the surface, they're all about you know talking about equality, but it's never equal. It's never equal. Nobody mm-hmm. ever gets equal airtime with those people. That's right. Um, and, it, and it's one of the reasons I appreciate shows like yours, because it's given the little guy or the guy on the right or the guy in the middle or wherever uh, a voice. And it's, right. it's given. And that's the uh, thing, you know, is is with supporters of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, whatever it is, you know, you can't discriminate against people that are on your same side, you know. So mm-hmm. the, well, the Second really, Amendment really community is one of don't the. Want to be, we don't want to be discriminating against anybody. No. And. The, and but do what and you that's find the, is that that is the kind of the modus operandi of the left is to discriminate against certain groups who right. they have demonized, but, and then but they demonize the Second Amendment group. group. But the Second mm-hmm. Amendment group is one of the the largest socially of, socially it's acceptable, it's one diverse of the same, yeah. groups that exist because there are Definitely. gays, there's liberals, there's conservatives, there's men, women, black, white, men, Asian, all race color that you know. that enjoy their Second Amendment rights. Yeah. You know, so they don't they don't point that out. They don't want you know people like this. What's his name? Colo or Solo? Milo. Milo. <laughs> yeah. Milo. Yeah. You know, Milo. Uh, like you said, I mean, they're they're very selfish, and if you're not on point with them, then you're not with them, and they're gonna cut you out. And again, to control, they're not the, gonna yeah. give you a say. To control the thought, you have to control the message, and that's that's what it breaks down to right there. And if you're able to silence any opposition, then you only have one thought process that's being brought out there. And and that's what people gravitate to because they don't want to be singled out. Right. Well, very good. So um, Twitter has made our jack wagon train. I believe that's the first time Twitter's made it. So uh, well, they've been sucking for good a while. one, Josh. Yeah. So <laughs> Alex, you've got, you've got another yeah, I've got group one that, of people that you want to throw on. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're going to do uh, what, what I'm going after is, those individuals that have been promoting and uh, the the bad apples of these uh, the Black Lives Matter group and those that have been supporting the uh, attacking cops, um, those that have actually been attacking cops and, and murdering them uh, this week, um, I'm definitely going to throw them on the jack wagon because the the situation that I don't understand is. If you're attacking these officers, then you're giving them full justification to go ahead and come back in full force to defend themselves at that at that point because you're hunting them down uh, and attacking these officers. And you know, just like there's bad apples in these organizations, there's also bad apples uh, in in the police. And that very very minute thing 
gets blasted out. Um, and then it becomes a full message that people start using and supporting. And uh, in the past, what is it? In the past week and a half, we've had uh, eight officers killed in the past week and a half. Yeah, and, and it's really for nothing because all it all it really is is is, is a bunch of knuckleheads mm-hmm. that uh, that are basically lemmings. They they wanna they wanna follow something. They wanna feel like they're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know what they're doing. But it was just that knee jerk reaction that oh, they we, want to support something. Yeah, we got to do something, anything, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're like, well, yeah, I'm I'm doing my part, and they're they're feeling like they are contributing to their community or their whatever their, excuse they're going to use. Yeah, I mean, what, and that's and that's the thing. I think that I think that a lot of this isn't even a situation where people are wanting to. Uh, they they don't necessarily believe what it is that they're that they're fighting on. It's just that they want to fight. They're angry. They want to. They're angry about whatever the situation is that they're angry about, and they found a reason or excuse to go out and say, "Well, now I can destroy something." Right. They're looking for somebody to blame. It's like, "Well, hey, congratulations, welcome to the world. Our lives suck." You know, it's like <laughs> you want a, you want a cookie. I mean, you want to go to Papa John's, get you a free slice of pizza. Or what do you want? Like, what's your end game? Mm-hmm. And that's. Uh, a lot of uh, I can't remember who who asked these groups like what is your end game? What is your oh uh, I heard it from uh, I think uh, Emory King. Yeah. Um, oh, Emory. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what what's your end game? What do you want from this? Like what are you trying to gain? And and nobody knows. Like they're just there. Honestly, um, I talked to some guys from Aquas Defense uh, who are in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and. Uh, they said they were uh, in Tennessee earlier. Yes, yes they, they were, were. <laughs> this week. Um, but I was I was talking to them, um, and they had done a bunch of pro bono work for the police, putting on the sights and sling swivels and all this stuff to get them prepared. Uh, but the police had told them that most of these people that 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 the Baton Rouge Police Department had arrested are from out of town. Like, yeah, they're not even. From. They're bussing in a lot of uh, protesters, and the and the thing is, is that they're being paid. A lot of these protesters, yes. that's their job. They're getting paid twelve to fifteen dollars an hour to go to stir shit. To yeah, to stir oh, it up with the with the police and uh, tr- and have somebody film it when some type of reaction actually happens. Oh, oh, who else does that? Uh, uh, oh, ISIS does that. Yeah, that's right. And then they put it on the internet, and it's just a big. BS propaganda bull of crap. Yeah, exactly. So basically, BLM cop haters equals ISIS. Right. I mean, I'm I'm good. I'm good with that. (laughs) We can make that connection. All right, and then uh, we'll make that leeway. You got the uh, what? An attorney general on the? uh... Oh, I'm gonna let you. You're on a roll, brother. Keep going. I'm gonna throw this one to you, man. Keep going. All right. Well, if it, if it's going to be for me, so is this chick from uh, what uh, Massachusetts? The Massachusetts Attorney General today, Miss yeah. Maura Healy. Uh, what kind Ma- of haircut did she Ms. say? Miss Maura, mom, <laughs> ma- or the uh, Miss Maura? May I speak to your manager, Healy? All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she reinterpreted the gun laws today in Massachusetts in regards to the assault weapons ban. In Massachusetts, that's that was similar to the uh, assault weapons ban that uh, ended in 2004. Did you hear about this, on Chris? The federal. I did not. Yeah, you're gonna love this yeah. one, Chris. Hold on to your seat, brother. You know how you guys have uh, Massachusetts compliant uh, weaponry? 
Yeah. That is now all out the door based on the, uh, the reinterpretation of the law by the attorney general. Uh, from the stories, uh, our story on truthaboutguns.com that uh, posted earlier this, uh, this afternoon, Miss um, Healy has stated that she has reinterpreted the uh, assault weapons ban law to where she has stated that assault weapons banned and guns such as AR-15s and AK-47 variants, even though they are Massachusetts compliant to reach all the current standards uh, to meet the law, is still a copy of the assault weapon itself. So therefore, she is now instituting a ban and is stating that those shall not be sold any longer effective immediately. So they have sent out, apparently sent out uh, agents uh, to notify all of the uh, gun stores in Massachusetts that they are no longer allowed to sell any type of weapon that uh, resembles a modern sporting weapon. Oh my God, and they've got a picture here of the big press conference and they've got the picture of a, Oh, the diagram an M, an of M4, the four yeah. an AR 15. And they're saying, this is what may, and they've got things they've got. There's a magazine, there's a grip, there's the butt stock, there's the charging handle, the upper receiver. They're educating people basically on, you know, the parts of a freaking rifle, but they're stating that because, because it, has it has these things, these things, it is considered to be an assault, assault a copy of an assault weapon, and therefore copy. falls falls under the jurisdiction of the ban uh, that they have in Massachusetts based on her new reinterpretation. Right. So anything that looks like that, even if it's a toy, mm-hmm. right, would, would be banned. Um, basically, what she said: uh, small tweaks that do nothing to limit the. D- Say again. Say again, Chris. Oh, I, I, I was just uh, acting as a sounding board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, uh, she basically decided that uh, she could interpret the law uh, to decide that small tweaks that do nothing to limit the deadliness of the weapon were going to be no longer legal. Uh, and not only that, um, but uh, they decided... Uh, where to go here? The gun, the gun industry does not get to decide what's compliant. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. we do, uh, and and basically they're just bowing. Actually, to, they're yeah. bowing to the pressure. people do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, let's let's see here. Hold on, I, I remember my civics class. What part of the government is the attorney general part of? Is that is that the judicial? The judicial, and who makes the laws? The executive, executive, legislative legislative branch, Um, just throwing it out there. So are we blurring lines now? Is it a situation where the attorney general is now able to reinterpret every law um, on the books currently? And, you know, this is this is something that legislators need to need to get in there and they need to get involved. And it's again, this is a purely political stunt. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all it is. It has nothing to do with. The public safety, or you know, they're concerned about the general public. Well, I mean, it does set kind of a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Uh, because okay, so it starts. It starts with this, and she says, you know, that we get to ensure the full protection intended. We. Yeah, we who we. who know them. Um, 
not they get to uh, listen to her words. Yeah, you know, the way with she this directive, we will ensure we get the full protection intended when lawmakers enacted our assault weapons ban, not the watered down version of those protections offered by gun manufacturers. All right, so it starts. It starts here. Okay, so when do we? Uh, um, when do people that are not maybe citizens of this country? You know, when do they get the right to vote because uh, they don't want the watered down protections, you know, of the United States citizen put forth by the Constitution of the United States? Hmm. Now that, yes, that's an extreme example. But, I mean, it could be applied elsewhere, other laws. Well, don't think for a second that this... uh uh, this isn't going to be used as legal precedence in another state. Yeah, um, and, and you're going to see it. Chicago, California, you know, California already did it, and therefore now Massachusetts is going to do it. And then you're going to probably see New York do it, because mm-hmm. New York's already had to. I mean, how many? How many? Uh, the AR-15. But you got to keep in mind, this is not the majority. You know, people don't want this. The majority of people do not want this. This is the minority. Mm-hmm. But they are the squeaky wheels. They speak up the loudest, and until we as Second Amendment proponents start speaking up in mm-hmm. our masses. Will we drown this out? And, it, and it's funny that you mentioned that um, this weekend at the Tactical Response uh, alumni. alumni. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Billy Birdzell did a uh, a class on being the uh, citizen, citizen journalist. Yeah, citizen journalist. It, it's it's a uh, it's actually available on YouTube to it, it to is. review. And, yeah, um, it was it was an excellent class. He brought up a lot of great points, um, but like you're saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, at some point, we need to start squeaking. We need some grease. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if so if, it, if because we are the majority, and if we would speak up, right? And, and he offered we some, would drown these people out. He offered some very good points and uh, tips, I guess you would say, on how to. How to come across as a gun guy and not just a dick with a gun, you <laughs> yeah. know, because you got to be, if you're going to have a supersonic projectile launching device in your pants, you know, you, you might want to come off as, as a good person. And, uh, when, when people think of like, say your neighbor that may not be a gun owner may not necessarily support us <clears throat> yet, yeah. you should, they should have your face. They need to, they need to not get with, uh, oh, with them. When when there's a gun owner brought up and he thinks about a gun owner, he should see your face. And I've got a light. I've got another caveat to this. Um, isn't the wasn't the original assault weapons ban? Wasn't that a federal thing? Yes, it was. Okay, and didn't they the federal government take that away? Uh, it expired, I think, two thousand four. Yes, right. But yes, they did. So how can a state come in and? Basically, what take over what the federal government has already said is legal. In, in uh, basically, what the Supreme Court decided uh, was that the states it's it's on the states to yeah. decide what they want. Okay, um, for each individual, it is a state's right issue, not a federal issue. Gotcha. Right. But gotcha. it was the, actually it was actually unconstitutional for the federal government to mm-hmm. enact that ban in right. the first place, which right. is why it was allowed to slip. Nothing. Right, and see the thing that so it just expired, and then now they left it up to the states to go in right. individually and have boneheads. Well, the thing that people need to remember is go tell that, your manager. But the, thing people. Is, the thing is, it's supposed to be left up to the constituency, exactly, uh, and their 
the, the constituency in each state and their elected Official. legislative officials to make laws like this. It's not exactly. supposed to be part of the judicial branch of right. that state. Or right. a reinterpretation. Thank of you. Law. That was the yeah. point I was trying to make. Because yeah. they already passed that law of and gun manufacturers like yourself have been compliant to that law, uh, making the changes for specifically manufacturing guns just for that state. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, one thing that I tell my kids, uh, and I've told my kids this, and they they aren't yet to the point that they've understood it. Um, but I've told them that for centuries, alphas have or betas have tried to rule alphas by using the pen to regulate the sword, and that is something that um, you know I've I've taught many many people that, uh, and I try to emphasize that into my kids so that they understand that. If they're going to be able to fight back, then they have to know how to use the pen as well as the sword. They need to put a little C4 on that pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I mean, you know, we can't all be knuckle-dragging Marines. At some point, you know, we, we do have to, you know, fight. Is that fight. another shot at Garrett? No, no, that was definitely a shot at Chris. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't talk. I'm, you know, in the nasty girl club so that's all good <laughs> but no um like billy uh, uh, billy burzell is an excellent excellent example of somebody that is very articulate and well-spoken mm -hmm. and knows um <laughs> knows a lot more than me uh, about a lot of things and i can't help but listen to what he's got to say and try to implement that sure i try to spread spread the you know that's what we that's what we uh push and promote on this show is is you the america has lost its way to critically think for itself mm -hmm. Absolutely. it just takes anybody's word at face value so you know that's what we say it's like go to different sort of you hear it one place go to the other side of that and listen to what they have to say go to two or three other sides and listen to what they have to say and form your own opinion and not only that but engage in conversation I mean, the the thing is that we've got so many so many people that want to engage about this. Uh, it's a hot topic, you know. Guns are a hot topic in America right now, and you have people which they that, shouldn't be. Well, they shouldn't be. It but shouldn't the thing be is, a hot is topic. that they use that as a scapegoat. They they do, and the thing is, people fear what they don't understand, and they come up and make up things. That's where you get these senators that are sitting there uh, testifying before Congress mm -hmm. uh, of the thirty round or thirty mag ghost thirty clips clip and, max, yeah. yeah, auto reloading, never ending bullet, yeah, yeah. And, and when you have Disposal. things like rapid that, loading bullet button, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or like the the California senator. California Senator, uh, I forget, uh, I forget which one it was, but got Ghost before uh, was yeah. was on the floor of uh, the state uh, state representation and debating it uh, with this gun apocalypse thing that happened, and was stating that if you altered the bullet button, that you could make any uh, rifle a fully automatic fully rifle, automatic, yeah. and that was part of the the rationale that they used for for passing this there. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely ridiculous. Playing on people's ignorance. Okay, yeah. so as a side note, um, this is one of those uh, this is one of those times where I blame the people because somebody and some bodies elected this person mm -hmm. to office. No, I mean it's completely the people's fault that our situation is the way it is right now because they won't 
speak up. Well, not only that, but they won't educate themselves or allow themselves to be educated. And that's why I say we have to engage in conversation with people. If you see idiocracy, yeah, (laughs) you said it right there. It was supposed to take 500 years to get there. And we're only Google idiocracy, IMDB. (laughs) It's, it's a hilarious movie. I think that movie's, but we got to move on guys. We got to move on. That was a great Jack wagon train. I think, uh, I think everybody gets the point. Mm hmm. Um, that's the longest jack wagon train ever. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been a bad My couple weeks. It has been rough. Uh, so, so Gunny's tired. He's ready to, to haul this train off. So uh, take it away, Gunny. Get that train out of here, buddy. Nordic Components is an American-owned manufacturing company proud to produce quality products right here in the USA. As a company, we continually invest in our manufacturing capabilities to ensure that all of our products are the highest quality and most efficiently produced parts available. The Nordic Components business consists of two segments, manufacturing and sales. Our manufacturing business works to provide custom machine components for a variety of applications with our specialty being firearm components. The sales business produces lines of branded firearm accessories to enhance and elevate the shooting experience. We are a company owned and operated by individuals devoted to shooting sports, and many of us shoot competitively. We attend and sponsor a number of events around the country each year where we listen to you, the consumer, and are proud to say that all of our firearm components are a direct result of your input. As a firearms accessory provider, our aim is simple. Provide shooting enthusiasts with innovative products of uncompromising performance and reliability. Nordic Components. Check us out at nordiccomp.com. So let's uh, let's get into more about Chris. Chris? Yes, sir. We want to learn more about you personally. So I've got, uh, I've got some uh, questions I want to ask you. All right. First off, how did you originally get involved with firearms? <laughs> that's uh uh let's see uh i got shot uh when i was a young child uh by a gangbanger while i was at a chess match and <laughs> what it wasn't, it, chess it match wasn't, yeah it wasn't um an intentional thing it was meant for somebody else but i took a zinger uh to the face and it was kind of a not, uh, I was too young for it to be a wake up call. It was more, uh, it became a point of fascination for me and, and, and uh, a fixture of fascination for a long time. And I was, I moved around a lot when I was young, um, because my parents work and didn't really fit in a lot of places. Um, there was a lot of ethnic and racial prejudice that was levied my way because I didn't blend in, I didn't look like any one particular group. Uh, I happen to be of uh, an incredibly mixed uh, origin, and I kind of, you know, I, I represent what you get when you mix the whole world together. But I don't look enough like any one group for any one group to recognize me as their own. So, as a child, that meant I didn't have any protection. I didn't have, you know, a whole heck of a lot of people in the way of friends. Um, and so I was kind of a, a, a weird, wandering type of kid, and found myself in a lot of situations I shouldn't have been in. Uh, but I had this fascination with firearms and with weapons in general. Uh, I got picked on a lot. I got I got in a lot of fights. I got my stuff vandalized and stolen. I had every bike I ever owned was stolen or broken somehow, at least a couple of times. And <clears throat> so for me, guns became this fixture because uh, it happened that I was also in, interested in history. And guns, weapons in general, actually play have played a very pivotal role in human history. And if you, if you look back at 
at any major change that humanity has made, whether it be technological, uh, political, socio, um, you know, sociological, there was at some point, in some way, weapons uh, were, were used and involved. And basically, I, I started to look at the firearm as the modern-day sword. Um, and to that, that, interest, that interest never really went away. So when I enlisted in the, uh, in the military, it was kind of a natural thing. Um, and I kind of I picked it up and I ran with it. And I got into competition shooting. I got into instructorship. Uh, I shot every chance I could in the military. Sometimes that was limited. Sometimes it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've kind of stayed with it since. Right what now. Was, uh, what was your first firearm that you owned? That you I could say want... was your first one. Maybe somebody gave it to you as a gift when you were younger. Or... One I could say was my first one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my first couple I can't really say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, first legally owned firearm, uh, I believe was a Glock 30. Okay. So your very first shotgun or anything was a handgun. That was your first? It first legal, uh, as in registered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, I, I've had, I'd had firearms for years before I bought that one, but that was my first papered gun. Gotcha. Now, did, where did you grow up? What state? Uh, I split a lot of time overseas. Uh, gotcha. California, the East Coast, New Mexico, okay. Oregon. Okay. I was um, kind of all over the place. I, but I did. I did spend the later years of my uh, youth in, in California. Okay. All right. Do you still have your Glock? The original one that you own? Yeah, actually, a friend of mine has it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So you still know the whereabouts, so you could you could lay hands on it if you wanted to. Yeah, I just got to hop next door to a free state. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, because you got to fill out paperwork there now. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. and um, Obviously, we know. Yeah, but go ahead. Now. Right. Yeah. Second question. Uh, your experience in military and or law enforcement, do you have any? Uh, eight years in the Corps. Um, I'm not really, uh, I don't like talking about my service or my time in the military. It's kind of a personal, uh, sure. I understand. Yeah. Issue for me, but, uh, I, I am proud I served and, I I was honorably discharged and, and that's as far as I want to go into that. And we are proud that you served. Thank you for your service. Yeah. My, my pleasure. All right. So you obviously work for, uh, a company in in the firearms industry, uh, and I've seen the stuff at your booth at uh, at NRA. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to say resources are unlimited, but you have a lot of resources at your disposal. Um, now, given the current state of affairs where you currently reside and work, uh, all that taken into account, what's the next uh, gun or piece of gear that that you have to own? Personally, it's the next bucket list you yeah. gotta have. Yeah, uh, I see. I live in a state where it's illegal to have a bucket list like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get to the next question. So go ahead and get this one. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, I wish that uh, AR-15 Performance would uh would uh do a a six five Creedmoor. Okay. 
Um, and I wish that they would allow uh, other companies to use their barrel extension, uh, their patented uh, <laughs> They're not playing fair. Then, you know, it's, it's fair. It's their technology. But well, well, uh, for, well, for those of you who don't know, AR-15 Performance, um, uh, otherwise known as Bean Industries, uh, run by a guy named Harrison, and he does some fantastic uh, ballistics work as far as creating wildcat cartridges, uh, optimizing cartridges. And he does some great, uh, um, both work for reloaders and, and just selling barrels, the barrels that he makes, uh, the, the chambers that he custom reams and designs there. His work is just fantastic. And I have, uh, an AR 12, um, which is my pride and joy. And it's, uh, it's a next gen MSR is what they call it now. And it is basically a, an AR 10 or a rather DPMS pattern upper receiver that is smaller and lighter uses a custom bolt carrier group and barrel extension and allows you to use a, uh, have a 308 that uses AR 15 handguards. And the whole system is much lighter, uh, and recoils much less than uh, your typical AR 10 or LR 308. Huh. And that's an AR 12. What's that? You said an AR. That's an AR twelve. It's yeah. That was the the colloquial term that they were using. Uh, that Harrison was using. Um, okay. That's the the uh, working term he had for it for the longest time. But now its official name is the next. I gen pulled a Scooby Doo when you said AR AR twelve. I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. right, roll Reggie. <laughs> the reason it was nicknamed that is because it's it's like it's between the size of an AR fifteen and AR ten. Um, okay. Cool. My my personal build has some lightweight components on it, but I've got a 16 inch heavy barreled, um, 308 rifle that, uh, weighs about six and a half pounds. Oh, wow. Well, that's not bad at all. That's lighter than my, are you into the uh, precision con contest competition shooting? Uh, I used to be, uh, my eyes are not as good as they used to be and I don't have as much time anymore, but, uh, I like to shoot long range precision when I get a chance. Who don't? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm, a rifle, I'm a rifleman, so you know that's in my blood. Awesome. Uh, All right, so uh, the next yeah. question. I'm going to go to the next question. Uh, laws be damned. You know, money be damned. Money's no object. What would you like to own? Um, firearm wise, vehicle wise, kit wise. I'd like to own a piece of property outside of this state. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Actually, I, I do have a I do have a dream of owning a a world class uh, shooting complex one day. Um, I know a good real estate agent in Tennessee that can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also have a world class uh, uh, world class bar in it. For those <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, after shooting bar, yep. Those country yep, clubs. Yep. In that in that order only. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome, man. So all right, so you're talking about this world class range. Describe it to us. <laughs> I can't give you all my secrets, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Basically the idea is uh is is to have what a lot of those ritzy um Palm Pebble Beach and uh, Key West guys like they're they're country clubs, you know. But instead of golf, it's shooting. Yeah, they have them out in Texas right now. A couple of them that you're talking about called country clubs is yeah. what they've been calling them. And uh, yeah, those things are really really sweet. Yeah, and so I'd I'd like to have yes. land that uh because it's private. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I get to make the rules. That's exactly. kind of the, the gist of that. But I want to have shooting, um, you know, shooting terrain available for a lot of different types of, of work, including uh, ballistic walled kill houses for rent to qualified instructors for law enforcement guys, um, you know, trap and skeet, long distance out to 1,500, if not 2,000 meters, uh, that kind of thing, um, full auto range. But it's got to be in the right state. It's got to be in the right area. Tennessee. Oh, there's there's a, lot, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot that goes into that. Well, Tennessee. Uh, you know, Texas is kind of like Tennessee light. So Yeah, but didn't Tennessee save Texas? Something something about Along we found those lines. it. <laughs> well, the, pro- the problem is that uh, us Californians are like a little virus, and we like to spread our uh, our nasty germs and our nasty ways everywhere we go, and we're kind of infecting Texas. Yeah, that's what, yeah. that's why Tennessee is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so no state income tax. <laughs> Come to Tennessee. Yeah, I, uh, late last year I had a friend uh, who lives in Texas, and I'm not going to name which city, but lives in a city, uh, a small city in Texas, and he got a noise complaint against him for the first time in his life, and it was from his neighbor who had just moved in from Orange County, California. Surprise. Really. Surprise. So, they, yeah. <laughs> and these these are not these are not neighbors who live you know within pebble throw of each other. They they've got some space in between them. Oh, and he was minding his own business, doing his doing what he was doing on his property, and he got a got a noise got complaint. A, uh, yeah, he got a visit. Yeah, somebody calls a, somebody calls so. a noise complaint on me like that. Guess what? I'm earning the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I'm gonna get something to complain about. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey Chris, uh, if you could if you could spend the day at the range uh, with anyone dead or alive, fictional or real, who would it be? Or a group that of people? Real. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we're talking from like James Bond to James Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite the mental image there. Yeah. Uh, to Jameson. Uh, Colonel Charlie Beckworth. Outstanding. Good answer. And why why uh Colonel Beckworth? Uh well, he's the man. So He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> he's the reason why we have the the counter um counter terror, you know, mm-hmm. units that we have today. And he he was the guy who kind of said enough is enough. We need to spend the money, we need to spend the time, we need to spend the effort to select the finest men train them to the, the absolute best standards that, that a human is, you know, possible of, of achieving and then push them a little bit harder. And we need to give them the money and the funding that they need to get the job done because his model was, you know, to, to put it in a nutshell, there are real problems in the world. There's real evil. There are real bad men. And mm-hmm. there's only one way to deal with, with people who only understand force. Yeah. Uh-huh. Violence solves everything. <laughs> kind of a uh, one of the, one of my heroes, if you will. Dude, you just gave me chills. That's awesome. Awesome. Right? Good answer. I like that. All right, so that's probably uh, some of the best answers we've had on the uh, new guy questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit more now that we know about you, Chris, and of course Garrett skipped out on you. 
Um, he's left it up to you. Tell us, tell us a little bit more. Give our listeners a little bit more information about Strike Industries. Uh, how you guys really originated? How you came to be, and where you're well, headed? Strike Strike was born out of uh, a vision to to do things a little bit differently, and uh, we like to think that our products are not just another Me Too. Um, which is really easy to do. It's really easy to see somebody do something cool and be like, Hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. People love that. Um, we're constantly trying to push the, the envelope and push the boundaries of, uh, design and within our own manufacturing limitations and capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we are, uh, the, we would be the first to admit that we do have limitations uh, um, we, we've, we've had some growing pains and some, um, some extensive issues. Uh, we've had a lot of times where we were steamrolled by big companies, uh, with a lot of, a lot of money and a lot of influence and, and, uh, very wealthy, powerful lawyers. And it's hard when you come up with an idea, uh, to have somebody else take it and patent it before you get around to it. And, and, uh, it's really demoralizing, you know, and it's happened more than a few times just in the last couple of years. But we are trying our best to do things that, you know, are the kind of things that people will look at initially and go, what, why? And by the time uh, we get done with them, they wonder why someone hadn't done it earlier. Making the products before, uh-huh. they, before they're wanted. So there are a lot of our projects, uh, products that, that don't immediately make sense to people. And, um, you know, I understand that there are some with the the mindset that things, you know, products should be naturally intuitive and should not require instruction and should make sense right off the bat. But our first concern, um, our primary concern, is that uh, whether or not you know how it works initially, once you do know how to use it, it will make your life easier. Right. right? We want something that okay. will make your life better. And we do, we do know that there are a lot of com- competitors out there we know there are a lot of people with great ideas in the market and um, there have been times when we've come up with some cool stuff and been real proud of ourselves and realized uh, company XY uh, has already done it. And right. then we kind of slap ourselves in the, I'm going to say forehead. For the sake of the <laughs> in the PP. <laughs> I'm going to go with forehead. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause it, it'll get, and, yeah. And we carry on, you know, right. um, as far as where we are coming in the next uh, couple of years, our goal is to is to manufacture everything from from muzzle device to um, butt pad. Uh, we want to have our own barrels. We want to manufacture our own receivers. Uh, we are working on slowly projects uh, for uh, alternative uh, operating systems for certain weapon systems. So we are looking at ways to modify. Uh, in particular, the AR and the uh, AK families right. uh, to, have to alter completely the, the way that they function. And that's one of those things that's more a, a project of uh, curiosity than anything else because they're already fine weapon systems. Um, right. So you guys, they, you guys are going to be the like AR the... particulars is so refined that, you know, how could you make it better? Right. So you're basically going to be like the Linux of AR-15s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can think of us that way, except except that <laughs> we're not going to stop. You know, when 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 we turn up one one pebble, one stone, and we find some fire ants, 
you know, we piss on the fire ants and then we run away. <laughs> we we lift up another rock. You know, you don't you don't let the the uh, the fire ants chase you out of the out of the park. Well, absolutely. Um, and that that kind of brings me to to uh, a question that I was going to ask, um, especially uh, and now I'm I'm kind of partial because I uh, I have a I guess affiliation with another uh, veteran owned company, uh, Leatherneck Tactical. Uh, but I really feel like that um, being a veteran-owned and veteran-run company really sets you guys apart, and uh, I, I feel like it. I, I know it would drive my work ethic. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, about how it drives yours. Well, you know, every morning uh, we get here, you know, uh, half an hour ahead of half an hour uh, early, so right. that uh, <laughs> we have extra time to stand in formation and then haze each other. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, what it what it means is we have a we have a company uh, whose leadership, for the most part, appreciates and can understand um, the difficulties of life in general, in inside and outside of work. Um, we have a, a a leadership structure where um, innovation and question asking are kind of encouraged because. Uh, <laughs> All but uh, one of our department heads are, are uh, either military or law enforcement, Absolutely. and so we have a, um, as I was, all but two of our department heads. Uh, we we have a, a kind of appreciation for not just discipline in your work, but also you know allowing the individual to to kind of take charge and and be more than just a puppet, more than more than a private. Right, know? like um, um, we're we're allowing people to grow much like the military does just a lot quicker right it's, uh, and and that 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 encourages uh innovation and encourages people to work hard and encourages people to innovate uh and people to enjoy coming to work you know that's that's a big thing because uh, i can think of a lot of jobs i've had in my life where i really didn't want to go to work every day but i i couldn't afford not to right. yeah. i i really uh, uh haven't worked around and for uh, a lot of veterans what i see is a lack of micromanagement, uh, really? Uh, it, yeah. Like like George Patton said. Well, because we all hated it in the military. Well, right. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. In George Patton. But but there are but there are some important there are some important uh, there are some key um, things that come with that micromanagement in the military, and we do take those along with us. Uh, accountability is one. Absolutely. You know, um, personal accountability. If you mess up, man up to it. Yeah. Uh, and if not, you're going to pay for it. You know, we're not going to let you slide on it. Right. Uh, we do give second chances and third chances when they're when they're necessary. Right. Uh, and we're a, we're a company that realizes that we're comprised of people who are just people. You know, exactly. we're, we're humans, and it doesn't matter that you know half of us have slung lead, you know, at bad people. It doesn't matter that you know some of us have almost died uh, for this country. It, it it doesn't uh, create like a chip on our shoulder kind of effect. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of humility that comes, uh, from, from having a background like ours, because we do know that, you know, Hey, it doesn't matter if I was a Sergeant or staff Sergeant, because there was a gunny ahead of me. There was a, there was a master sergeant somewhere. There was a master guns. There was a, a master chief, you know, a major, somebody, there's always a bigger fish somewhere. There's always somebody, that's that has the ability to put you in your place. So it's best not to act out of line. It's, it's best 
not to do what you're not supposed to be doing because of that. And because you want your subordinates, the people beneath you to follow your example, you don't want, you know, Let's just say we don't have any Bill Clintons uh, in our company. <laughs> well said. Uh, you know, so I mean, Garrett might be the closest thing, but but uh, he's got that pretty hair, though. So. <laughs> just kidding. So you were showing us uh, earlier. Uh, there was a gun you showed us. It had a butt stock on it that yes, I haven't, haven't seen before. What what butt stock was that? What a novelty, right? Mm-hmm. A butt stock. <laughs> uh, butt stock. Yeah. That that was our PDW stock. We've been working on that for a specific law enforcement uh, customer of ours for, for uh, well over half a year now. And that thing looked uh, awesome, man. Tell me about that. Talk more about that. Is well, that something going to be available it's, it's to gonna us? Be, it will be available to uh, private customers with uh, very slight modification. Um, I'm not going to say what is going to be missing, but it's still sure. going to be fully functional rapid deployable stock. It's going to be the industry's first rapid deployable PDW type stock. It's also going to be one of the most affordable. Um, it's primarily uh, forged aluminum, 7,000 series aluminum, uh, yeah. as well as uh, some high-strength steel. But it's okay. it's basically a spring-loaded PDW stock that uses a pr- proprietary buffer uh, and spring uh, and, which brings me to the rest of our springs. We're actually starting to manufacture our own flat wire springs for uh, gotcha. ARs for the locks. We're going to be moving. Man, I got to tell like, you, nineteen elevens. The ergonomics <laughs> on that thing just—they look phenomenal. Yeah, well, it's got our you know our typical strike industries flair. Um, it does. One thing that I think that I think will be of of interest to your to your listeners is that uh, our head designer, the guy who who takes uh practical designs and, and makes them cool he's actually an automotive guy oh really uh he's a, yeah he's a classically trained automotive industrial designer uh by tra- by by uh education yeah but he uh he he took a liking to firearms and we're sure glad he did because uh he's done some pretty pretty awesome work it's um, it's a really good and Guys, you can go to their Facebook page. They've got uh, a picture of it on their Facebook page. And do you have it on your website yet? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm okay. not the media guy. Uh, I got you. Guy. Well, one of your media guys has posted it on your Facebook page, so you guys can go to the Facebook page uh, and check it out. Uh, it's okay. absolutely like it's sexy, man. And Chris, there, there's it's one. I, I can't let you let you off uh, without talking about the cookie cutter. All right. Oh, yeah. okay. I've got a buddy of mine that did a Spikes tactical build with the cookie cutter on it and several other parts that you guys have. And that thing is about, it, it's sex with the trigger. All right. Uh, did he did he shoot his nuts off or what? <laughs> just about, he didn't even have to fire anything to do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is oh. honestly it is honestly one of the he did a uh, AR pistol with it uh, spikes uh, spikes build AR pistol with the cookie uh-huh. cutter on it, and it is honestly one of the sexiest guns that I've ever seen. Fantastic, fantastic. Wait till they throw uh, that butt stock on it. Right. Be... Put in the paperwork on it. Yeah. Well, you don't have paperwork for this. I mean, you can still have this butt stock have a sixteen inch. It's 16 inch rifle, right? Or yeah. you know, you could be a man and just you know SBR it. You could, <laughs> you know, pay the 200 bucks, which hopefully they'll do away with soon. <clears throat> That'd be nice. Yeah, pay your 200 bucks and then uh, say a prayer for me in uh, in my state because uh, <laughs> we don't have that right. 
Well, I can babysit or, or have a beer you. for us, one, one or the other. Uh, I'm thinking you need a vacation home, man. There you go. <laughs> you yeah, no. Uh, actually, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm the only technically part-time employee in Strike Industries. I'm, I'm only here like 36, 38 hours a week <laughs> uh, because part-time. I have another full-time job, a part-time job, and I own another business. So, you know, I, I, I have a lot on my plate, um, but I'm also going to school a uh, couple nights a week and Damn, I'm actually dude. studying industrial design and majoring in firearms design. Awesome. Wow. Don't you get off the couch, man, you lazy ass. <laughs> Do something with so your I, life. You son. know, me and my like 21 hours of sleep a week. Uh, <laughs> Everyone uh, listening to this, you your know, excuses are invalid. All right. Yeah. I came, I came here to strike, uh, just to go back to me personally for a minute. I came here to strike specifically to help them out with some things. I came on as a consultant uh, initially. Um, and ended up taking a job because I had so much fun. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Which is pretty awesome because that's never happened before. Uh, and you know, my intentions from the beginning were only to be here for a certain amount of time and then leave once I was done with my degree. Yeah. Uh, and they were very gracious in, in understanding that, um, uh, and, and strike has done every, everything they can to support me in in, uh, moving forward with my dreams and my aspirations, uh, for my business and future businesses. And, uh, so I'm not going to be here forever necessarily, but while I am here, um, my job is to take ideas that uh, our employees come up with. And we have two, two company wide meetings a week about this stuff. One is product specific and one is just, you know, bitches, moans, gripes, complaints about the company itself, um, concerns, you know what I mean? Uh, But our product meeting is, is, Hey, who's got ideas. And it's really cool to see a, a group, um, that's, you know, half military, half law enforcement and the other half civilians from all walks of life. It's, it's cool to see a small group like that get together and brainstorm and see how different everybody's ideas are and to see all the, the, uh, you know, the dry erase go up on the board and, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty inspiring. So at some point, uh, if, and when I do move away from strike, there are a lot of things that I'm going to take from strike with me and, uh, you know, to the best of my ability, maybe even work to support, uh, and work alongside strike. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to mention that before, very cool. Moving on to anything else. Yeah, man. So, speaking of moving on, we're going to go ahead and get into... All right, so now it is time for the Talking Lead Facts to Fight the Myths. And we are going to go to Chris at Strike Industries, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so there's a, there's a, <laughs> common, uh, there's a common misconception in the consumership of uh, the gun industry. Mm-hmm. And by consumership, I mean... The average everyday, uh, everyday Joe and Jolene, uh, who are out there <laughs> purchasing firearms, firearms, parts, and accessories, taking them to the range, defending their homes and themselves. With it. Uh, there's this conception that, uh, that if a company says that it makes its products in the U.S., that it's entirely 100% U.S. made. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. It is also not the case that if a product is not made entirely 100% in the uh, the good old U.S. of A, that it is a garbage product. 
And we are very transparent uh, about the fact that many of our products are manufactured in another country. We would like to say that although we can't state um, them by name, part of the reason why a lot of our own production is so stinted and why we can only do short production runs is because a lot of our time is spent producing as an OEM for other bigger names in the industry. And we are producing at our facilities here in California and in Taiwan. The thing is, a lot of these bigger names will never mention anything about this little island nation called Taiwan. Um, For those who don't know, Taiwan separated from China during the Chinese Civil War, and it is home to a freedom-loving group of individuals who love nationalism and capitalism and have embraced the Western way of uh, of living. So they, they have mixed traditional Chinese culture with American culture as best they can. Whereas you go to the mainland and you have neither Western culture nor traditional Chinese culture, but you have communist culture, which is a, it's a whole different brand of, of thinking and a different way of life, different way of looking at things. The Taiwanese understand individual property rights. They understand intellectual rights. And that's something that's a foreign concept to the Chinese. Beyond that, the Taiwanese offer us a very unique opportunity to own and manage our own plants over there. Uh, hence why everyone who, or not everyone, but most who manufacture overseas in this industry happen to go through us, whether they know it or not. So we are, we are open about that. We are also transparent about the fact that we're not perfect and our machining not always perfect. So we take pride in the fact that we have some of the best customer service in the industry. And we do everything we can from a cost perspective to produce and manufacture here in the U.S. So every part that we can manufacture, machine, or mold here, we do. Every part uh, is anodized here. Every part is finished here, assembled here. Uh, But that's not the entire process, right? So we don't have 50% of this or 50% of that. It's all random numbers. But we tell our customers that. If you buy from XYZ Bigger Brand, they say, oh, American made. Why? Why can they say that? Because they were OEM manufactured by an American company, i.e. Strike Industries. So I just wanted to clear that air and let people know that no, Taiwan is not the same thing as China. The Taiwanese are very much like you and I and see things like you and I. And so we appreciate their struggle against communism and their struggle against a, a bully nation state that is much bigger and much more powerful than themselves. And and uh, we're, we're willing to help them as they help us. And in the, in the meantime, that benefits the American consumer. You know, American Joe Schmo, Joel Schmo, or Jolene, whatever I named it earlier, um, <laughs> they benefit from from that pricing. You know, we save a little bit of money when we, when we machine in Taiwan. We save money when we mold there. But everything that is designed here and then gets approved by the State Department to be sent over there, it gets manufactured with the same care, with the same QC as all of our stuff that's made here, right? So... We are proud of that. We are transparent with that. And we just want to dispel uh, the rumors out there that something made in another country is inferior. Guess what? Our raw materials are coming from Germany. They're coming from Switzerland. They're coming from places that you would never expect. They're being machined in a place that you may look down upon, but then you're buying our product and then complaining about it. So I feel like that needs to be, uh, you know, addressed. And uh, we have we, we are not ashamed whatsoever that we mix uh, our manufacturing between the U.S. and Taiwan. Uh, We would be very ashamed 
if we did anything to support China. And unfortunately, there are those in our industry who are A, not as transparent as us, and B, do support China, which I think is, is pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Well said, man. That's a good fact to fight the myth. And uh, uh, I think that adds a whole other level of validity to uh, to you guys and your company, why people should uh, buy your stuff, man. Exactly. Well, other than it's just <laughs> badass, <appreciate> it. you know. <laughs> <laughs> And I've just I've been sitting here lusting over this butt stock ever since uh, <laughs> ever since I saw it there uh, on the Facebook page, man. I got to get one yeah. of those. You got to put me down for the for like one of the first ten E guys on that, man. I want that dang. Uh, so, you, so you want the uh, the uh, special treatment reach around? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Please, the good old uh, boy scout boy scout reach around. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Yeah, you know where I'm headed with. You guys this. got a lot of products coming out, man. <laughs> That is an American thing right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we pride ourselves in, in being not only a good bang for the buck, but a better idea of, you know, just the better bet for the buck. You know, there's no product, product issue that we can't come to a satisfiable, agreeable situation uh, or conclusion to. Right. Um, there's no link that we aren't afraid to go. Uh, to to please our customers because the customers are what make us. You know, without customers, without the American public buying our stuff, we wouldn't be around. You know, That's we have. True. You would be. You probably would would be incredulous if you saw the list of people who ask us every day if we can sell to another country, and you would be incredulous the amount of money we have turned down in contracts offered by foreign governments for us to produce for them. Yeah, uh, we'd be a much wealthier company today if we did that. But we have principles and scruples and and i think that is another side benefit of being led by veterans is that we kind of have a, a bias Absolutely. towards uh mm -hmm. this grand old nation so you know uh say what you will about us but we are doing what we can we're doing our best and we're looking forward to, to a bright future and yeah. uh, i'm looking forward as long as i'm here to uh, help strike move along and uh be the greatest company it can be and again, and, uh, for do, our, do appreciate the listening of your uh, your uh, audience here. Yeah, yeah. And for our, for our listeners, give them your um, your social media, your website, and all that. And then we're going to get into the trivia question. Well, shoot, I don't know that stuff. All right, that's uh, strikeindustries.com. <laughs> Strike Strike Google it, right? <laughs> yeah, and you guys Strike, are on, it's uh, a pretty unique in, uh, unique symbol. Um, it is. And oh, can oh, you explain oh, that symbol? One. One more thing, the myth. I'm sorry, I forgot this, okay. guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, the little SI symbol that we use, mm -hmm. it's based off of some Celtic runes, and uh, it happens that uh, uh, Hitler's uh, SS uh, used a similar Celtic rune uh, for their unit flag. And we've had, pretty recently, we've had a rash of people bringing that up in social media and Oh, I don't know if I want to be associated with a company uh, that's you know, supporting that, that the Nazis. That. Yeah, yeah, we do not support Nazism. Right, we do not support anything like that. We liked the rune, that font, um, which is based on those runes because they look freaking cool. Looks like lightning. They were bolt, based. Yeah. They're based on lightning bolts. So get over yourselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, the other thing is it, it was also partly uh, an homage to our, our first product specialist, who was a, a Marine and uh, his uh, scout sniper insignia. Yeah. So the Marines uh, scout snipers until recently 
use the same rune that yeah. we do because See, again, it's badass. That's another thing, you know. I'm going to throw these people on the jack wagon train. That you know, if they would research the history on you know these symbols and things like that, you know, just because the SS, you know, the Nazis used it, that look and see where they got it from. You know, look at the original yeah. history of this, and just because these one jack wagons in history kind of um, yeah gave it a bad name. Yeah. Um, I don't if, if for those people that are bitching and moaning about that, yeah. I don't ever want to see and them the same, driving a Volkswagen. Same thing with the rebel right. flag. Okay, <laughs> same thing with the rebel flag. It does not, you know, it, it does not symbolize slavery in no, America has nothing to do and with hatred it. of. Uh, African American, you know, that's not what it symbolizes. You know, I don't want to get that off my chest. <laughs> it's kind of coincide with yours, you know. Um, it's an awesome logo, man. I love it. Looks like a snake. A snake. <laughs> it kind of does. It's like a snake. Yeah, he's got his mouth open and he's kind of chowing down, or that's his teeth, maybe. Yeah. It's a viper. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a viper. It's and striking. It, he's striking. Know. Yeah. People ask where we got the name Strike Industries. It sounded cool. <laughs> it, <Right. you> know, <laughs> right. it sounded cool and, you know, sounded mean and But you know the aggressive. thing I love about your name? It doesn't have tactical in it. <laughs> strike Tactical Industries? Strike, uh, oh, STI? Ruined. Tactical Strike Industries? Uh, tactical Strike, yeah. No, we just wanted it to sound cool, and it wasn't, I mean, it, it really is as, uh, you know, benign as that. It's, yeah. it's just... The cool name, and, and it's real hard, believe it or not, coming up with a cool name for a business when so many businesses uh, are either named similar to what you want or at least have registered a DBA somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just complicates things. It's like getting a cool license plate, you know? <laughs> it, it's it's hard, man. First world problems, but they're real problems. Yeah. All right, guys. So it's time for our trivia question, and we would still have the one from uh, – couple weeks ago where we had Raphael on from Eagle Imports and uh, that one is still up for grabs he's giving away a couple hats some t-shirts some other swag from Eagle Imports so uh, make sure you go back a couple of episodes back and um, make sure you go to their Facebook page Uh, there's actually going to be two winners on that trivia question that you're going to have to go to their Facebook pages um, to enter to win so uh, this week, Chris is bringing us a brand new trivia question from Strike Industries, and it's going to be related to one of their YouTube videos. All right, guys, so we got a video up on YouTube on our channel, Strike Industries, and the video is called MP7BUSR Bravo Umbrella Sierra Romeo. And the MP7BUSR is a product video for a component that we make for the H and K MP7. Uh, it's a two-part trivia question. First one, uh, the prize for this is a polymer parts package, courtesy of Strike Industries. Sweet. Uh, how many rounds total are expended in the video? The second question, uh, probably a little bit more difficult, is a is a uh, anodized components uh, package, which comes with. Our uh, new strike components. Uh, so anything with strike in the name, basically, of our anodized, <laughs> either red or blue line. Wow. Right? So, so this one is a little bit more difficult. What range was this video shot at? 
Bam. No, the wow. only qualifier or disqualifier for these uh, this trivia is you cannot have been involved in the shooting of this film at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. Physically apparent, physically present, or or otherwise. Gotcha. Uh, that's so two that's part awesome. question there. Two part. Um, two first part one is two should be pretty easy. Second one, maybe not so much. Okay, very good. So what you guys are going to have to do, like always, is uh, Strike and Chris are going to post um, when we release the show. They're going to post it on their Facebook page. And underneath that post, uh, you guys are going to put your answers. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're going to say, yep. you're going to put answer one, answer two, uh, and then say Leadhead was here. And uh, obviously we want you to subscribe, like their page as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be checking that. Um, great prizes right there, man. That's awesome. awesome. So, lead heads, no, you're take part. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, All right, no so uh, it's time for the show wrap up. Chris, thank you so much. Thank Garrett for you know you know potentially being on. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get right. him on next time. We'll work out these uh, technical issues. I think probably what our problem was was just the the distance that we had uh, from you guys this time. Uh, Big delay that we were having there through the Google Hangouts, yeah. but the phone's working great. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of hoping I could watch your all's uh, jackassery going on, but <laughs> our but, uh, beer <laughs> beer swigging going on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time. That yeah. Well, maybe you can be here in studio with us. Uh, we'll definitely try to make that happen. But yeah, uh, we want to go ahead and cool. and thank our sponsors, uh, Nordic Components. Make sure you guys check out Nordic Components at nordiccomp.com. Uh, you're going to check out Cobalt Kinetics, another great sponsor of ours. Check them out at cobaltkinetics.com. Multicam, multicampattern.com. Uh, they provided the awesome black multicam camo that we're rocking on the lead sled now uh, with a bunch of our sponsors as well. So thanks to Multicam. Make sure you guys check them out. Uh, X Steel Targets. There's no reason for you guys to be shooting paper targets anymore. Get some AR500 steel targets at xsteeltargets.com. X Steel Targets. And uh, they can do some custom targets for you guys too. So if you don't see uh, a pattern on there that uh, that fits into your hunting needs, uh, they can custom cut one for you. So give them a call at X Steel Targets. Uh, we'd like to thank our newest sponsor, Frontier Tactical. They have the Warlock system, the multi-caliber uh, interchangeable system. They've got that the barrel nut. Barrel nut. Barrel nut yeah, <laughs> they got the uh, quick change barrel nut system that uh, implements on your AR-15s to where uh, I don't know. They're up to like over like eighty different calibers now, or something. It was something crazy. Wow. Uh, that you can uh, convert your ARs to. So. Check them out at FrontierTactical.com, and uh, they are going to be sending me uh, one of their uh, multi-caliber packs that we're going to be doing some uh, videos on here in the near future. Uh, and I think they're going to go up to a 50 Beowulf on that one, so uh, my shoulder's going to be hurting. Yeah, sounds wow. expensive. <laughs> and guys, this is uh, we're running out of time on our Talking Lead and Friends Independent Celebration Giveaway. Go to our website under the Giveaway tab to enter. It's through Rafflecopter is the, um, the app that we're using on that. And you get up to 80 chances to win up to, uh, we've got like 14 prizes, uh, 14 different companies giving away prizes. 
The big one being Nordic components and their AR-15, the NC-15-223556 rifle. Uh, should have pictures of the custom wrap that Dipstick123, uh, Dipstick Coatings is putting on that. Uh, he sent me some sample pictures of it. It looks pretty awesome, so um, it's going to be cool. Uh, and then, of course, Atlas Defense is going to be putting up a $300 gift card. Let me get my list here of everybody who's involved. P.S. Uh, yeah, they have sweet machine guns. <laughs> yes, we they do. We shot, we yeah. shot them this weekend. Oh, yeah. My son, I'm going a, I'm to a brag on him for a second. My seven-year-old son got to fire off a fully auto uh, Maw Deuce this weekend. And uh, yeah, and I want to thank yeah. I want to thank the uh, the men and women at SOE Tactical. Absolutely. Yes. For uh, for putting up the. Uh, the party this the weekend. The big party that yeah. they had, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Bonfire. John, the- John, you're you're amazing, dude. Yeah. You, you know how to throw down. So uh, thanks for putting that together. That was an awesome time. And I missed the uh, the tactical response alumni mm-hmm. again. Unfortunately, um, you got. Were you there? Alex? I was. Well, not that's right. You to. got a broke leg. So yeah. You there. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, helping Jeff set up at the Leatherneck booth at the uh, SOE party. Yeah. So. Did not make it. Okay. But. but we got to see some uh, some of our good friends at the SOE party. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of them came from alumni to <laughs> mm-hmm. hang out and yeah. do good things. That party went till 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I was definitely there. So um, thank them again. That was an awesome party. So, uh, again, Palmetto State Armory's putting up a $150 gift card. Glock, uh, I mean, they sent us... A tons pallet. a pallet yeah, full of, of swag to hand out to you guys and i've been i've been continually as you run into me you see me out in public at these different events uh i'm handing out the swag but for the contest we've got three we're gonna have three winners on this you're gonna have the ultimate glock swag pack and there's gonna be hats and water bottles and cups and pins and stickers and all kinds <laughs> of awesome stuff so uh, three opportunities uh, for people on that one. Tactical Walls is putting up one of their awesome uh, tactical wall clocks. You guys see it right there? The, yep, the, the talking clocks. lead one that oh, they did yeah. for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're putting one of those up. Aklis, I said Aklis, they're putting up the $300 gift card. Cobalt's putting up one of their muzzle devices and some of their swag, two hats, two shirts. CAA is putting up a AR uh, accessory pack. It's going to have a buttstock, a grip, and a, a handguard. Devil Dog Concepts, one of their awesome hard chargers, the side charging handle systems. Um, yeah, over there, you see it, Josh? Oh, I got yeah. it sitting over yeah. there. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah that's some oh sexiness. They're awesome, and we've got videos. So go to our YouTube channel. You'll see the videos that we've done with the hard charger and the guys at Devil Dog Concepts. Dipstick Hydrographics, uh, they're doing the dip kit uh, to one one lucky winner. Sounds like uh, Chris is getting in his car. <laughs> He's getting ready to head out of this mofo. <laughs> uh, Cantu Bruner is putting up a, a, one of their custom brass bullet pins. Dax makes some awesome, awesome pins out there. Dax is the man. I've got several of his. So, yep. I've got a zombie one he did custom for me. <clears throat> I, got a, I, got awesome. a, I got a woodland one, just saying. You got some wood? What? Woodland. I had a pun- oh, 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 yeah. Okay. I got a, no, I got, a, I got a Mandalorian one that was gifted to me, and then I had a uh, Punisher one that I gifted to a friend of mine, uh, Aaron Little, out in uh, with Performance Edge. Uh, That's awesome. T- training out in uh, Lexington. Awesome. 1776 United 
Uh, they're putting up a $100 gift card. Uh, those are the guys who make the awesome T-shirts that you guys see me wearing uh, out in public in the videos. I mean, that's pretty much all I wear, uh, 1776 United T-shirts. Those right. things are so freaking comfortable. They make the Talking Lead T-shirts. So you can use that $100 gift card and buy you several Talking Lead T-shirts and uh, give some nice Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> Be the hit of uh, Christmas. Colt is putting up some awesome swag. They've got a hat, shirt, toboggan. There's like a belt buckle in it. There's a awesome looking like antique tin uh, with Colt's uh, old like logo and signature with the horse on it. Uh, and we've got pictures of all this. So if you go to the um, the giveaway app, um, Talking Leads website under the giveaway tab. It's also on Facebook. I, there's a giveaway tab on Facebook, and you can go there also. Uh, and then you can just click through and see all the pictures of everything that uh, that we're giving away. Apex Tacticals putting up some base plates for the um, uh, Magpul Glock mags that, that they've made now. So you'll get some of those aluminum base plates for those. Keltec is putting up just another phenomenal swag pack. They're going to have their flashlight, their knife, uh, hats, shirts. Just a ton of stuff Chad over at Keltec is putting up for that. And I think that's did I leave anybody out? And then God, I hope not. That's uh, that's. <laughs> cool. I'm telling you, man, this is a huge giveaway. And a partridge in a pear tree. This is a huge giveaway. <laughs> so you guys need to tell your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your uncle. Uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities here, and you've got up to 80 chances to 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 win this stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the big, you know, the Nordic rifle. That's going to be the big one. I don't know that's what everybody's wanting. But, again, if you're not, if you can't own a freaking firearm, you're not legal to own. It's not legal in your state. You know, federal, state, local laws apply. You're not going to win it, okay? So don't get butt hurt if uh, your name gets called and you're not legal to own it. So don't even try for that. But you could win one of these other awesome prizes. So don't feel bad. So uh, that's it, man. Chris? Did we lose you? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in. Oh, they paid the bills. Yeah. Yep. So make sure you guys uh, take part in the trivia question for Strike Industries. Uh, Chris is putting up two freaking awesome prizes for that. So take part. You're going to win some cool stuff. Uh, maybe we'll get Strike involved in our next big giveaway that we're going to have. And maybe we'll have one of those awesome masses. But stop. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You never know. But thanks for my guests. Thanks for AK and Josh for coming in and joining us today. Good to be here. It was Always. A, it was a pleasure. Uh, AK, dude, I mean, you keep the show going on point. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Josh, we got to get you back on more often. It's Absolutely. your first time. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm down. I'm just down the road. So. Excellent right. job. Excellent job. All right. Another great show, Leadheads. So, as always. Keep your loved ones close. Keep your weapons closer. Stay safe and shoot often. Kaisis. <laughs> Span new to your pets. Fuck <laughs> out,
Just for me.